0: Open your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Luke, the sixth chapter, page 863 in the blue Bible in front of you, and you might be thinking to yourself, I thought we were in the book of Hebrews, and if you thought that, you'd be right, but I was afraid that we wouldn't have a lot of people here like today, and so I didn't want to spend Hebrews 11 Without having a lot of people here to hear it, because we've been going through this whole book, and we're getting down to the last three sermons in the series, and this is what the focal point we've been moving toward this, and so I didn't want to spend a sermon and have a lot of people not get it. So we're going to look at a passage that fits in to some extent with what we talked about a few weeks ago, the warnings, not from the writer of of Hebrews, but this is a warning that Jesus gives us, and you'll see how it fits in with what we've been talking about uh, recently as we go through this Beginning in verse 43 of Luke chapter 6, you follow along as I read out loud. Jesus said, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart. But the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck the house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Blessed are those who hear it and obey it. Do not judge or you will be judged. I think that's one of the most well-known verses of all the Bible. Christians quote it. Non-Christians quote it. Anytime you say anything, oh, don't judge me, the Bible says you shouldn't judge. Well, the passage that we just read... Just before this passage, that's where Jesus talked about, don't judge. It's inappropriate for us to be judging others. We do it all the time though. We judge so much, we don't even realize when we're doing it. But at the same time, we're busy judging other people. We're not looking at ourselves. Jesus condemned this practice and commands us to get the beam out of our own eye. But how can we get the beam out of our own eye unless we spend some time judging ourselves? And that really is why we don't like to obey Jesus in this. I want to keep my focus on you and what you're doing wrong. You want to keep your focus on me and what I'm doing wrong because we don't want to look at ourselves. We don't want to look at what we're not doing right or those things that we're doing wrong. How can we get to the beam out of our own eyes unless we judge ourselves? Well, that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to spend some time judging ourselves. Too often we give ourselves a free pass. Ever notice that? We will excuse when we do something, but somebody else, when they do the very same thing, it's different. You ever hear those words? Well, it's different. No, it isn't. The only difference is I want to get away with it. I want to be okay with doing it, but I don't think you should be able to do it. We overlook our faults or we simply make excuses why what we're doing wrong is really not so wrong. Jesus continues this teaching in Luke 6. He gives a strong warning about overlooking our sin. In a series of three illustrations... He makes an important point. He builds on this idea of hypocrites who are judging others, but not looking at themselves. Follow along as we begin this journey this morning inward. To find our own heart, what's going on inside of us. At every point, resist the urge to think, boy, I wish this person was here to hear this, because he really needs to hear it. You know who needs to hear this sermon this morning? You do. I do. All right? Don't think about anybody else. Think about yourself and how God is speaking to you this morning. In verses 43 and 44, Jesus jumps from talking about beams and eyes and specks and eyes to talking about trees. And he states the obvious. He said, Trees produce according to their kind. Grapes don't come from briars. Figs don't come from thorn bushes. In fact, that's how we recognize a tree, isn't it? You see the apples hanging on a tree and what do you think? It must be an orange tree. No, you see apples, you think? It's an apple tree. The fruit that comes from a tree is consistent with the type of tree. You don't walk up to an apple tree and say, this dumb thing, it never produces oranges. I don't know what's wrong with it. Right? You don't expect a tree to produce fruit that's not consistent with the type of tree that it is. Who would argue with that? Who would want to argue with that? Aren't you kind of glad that you get apples from apple trees? Because if you had an apple tree and you walked out there and you saw grapes on it, you think, that's weird. People say, what kind of tree is that? Well, I don't know. You never know what's coming out of that thing. Right? It's kind of nice knowing what comes out of the tree. Apples produce apples, oranges produce oranges. But we know what Jesus is saying here, that it's true. Trees produce according to their kind. So why is Jesus telling us this? It's so obvious, there must be something else that he wants us to see. Well, let's go to the next verse and see if Jesus clarifies it for us. Look at verse 45. He says the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, but the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. The image switches from trees to hearts. The heart is pictured as a storehouse. Like a pantry, if you will. What a person brings out... Of the storehouse of their heart indicates what they've been storing up. If he brings good things out of his heart, then he's a good man. But if he brings evil things out, he's an evil man. Now, the connection between the tree and the heart is obvious here. In the same way that a tree is recognized by the fruit it produces, then we are demonstrate who we are, what kind of person we are, by the fruit we bear. By what comes out of our hearts. But what exactly comes out of our hearts? What is stored in the storehouses of our hearts that will reveal what kind of person we are? Verse 45, the second part there. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. How can we tell what's in our heart? Listen to your words. Our speech, the way we talk, the words that come out of our mouth reveal our hearts. When little children pick up bad words and they begin to speak them, we as adults will often say, Don't say that word. That's an ugly word. We recognize that some words are of a different character than others. Some types of speech are ugly. Other types of speech can be very beautiful. The type of speech pouring out of our mouths is an indication of what's in our hearts. So stop and and judge yourself for a moment. Anybody want to confess? We've got a few people here today. We can talk out loud. Anybody want to confess? What's been coming out of your mouth lately? What does that reveal Mark is like, I'm not saying, (laughs) right? What's been coming out of your mouth lately? Oh, we tend to focus on swear words. I shouldn't have said that. Of course you shouldn't. But there's a lot of ugly words that come out of our mouths that aren't swear words. I know people who are very ugly in their words who never cuss. What's been coming out of your mouth lately? What kind of speech are you hearing? We can actually have a serious problem with our hearts and never use a four-letter word. Because oftentimes the ugly talk that comes out of our mouth has become acceptable to us. When we speak poorly of someone, when we gossip, when we slander, that's ugly talk. When we speak words of hate, when we speak words of intolerance, that's ugly speech. And where did that ugly talk come from? Jesus said it comes from the heart. Judge yourself. What's your mouth reveal about your heart today? What does your mouth reveal about your heart today? What have you been saying to other people? What have you been saying about other people Did they like what you said? Were they built up? Were they encouraged? Or were they torn down? When we get to verse 46, we get to the point that Jesus has been leading up to. Jesus was not talking about trees because he wanted to teach us about horticulture. Jesus was using trees as a means to illustrate the problem that we see in verse 46. What does he say in verse 46? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say? The point that Jesus was getting to here was not just so we would judge what kind of fruit our heart produces. The real question is, are we being obedient to Jesus or not? You see, while Jesus was here on earth, there were people who were professing to believe in him they were calling him lord they were following him as he taught in various places the number of people who were following jesus began to multiply in the tens of thousands but jesus was not interested in just attracting more followers more listeners But look at what it says. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord? You know why he says that? Because they were calling him Lord. He said, why are you calling me Lord, but you're not being obedient? You see, we look at the fact, well, they were calling him Lord, so they must be okay. They must be doing all right. If we call Jesus Lord with our mouths, then we must be good people, right? Right? Because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what Jesus just said. We speak from the heart. And if we say, Jesus, you are Lord, we must be doing okay. If the mouth reveals what's in the heart, and the mouth is calling Jesus Lord, doesn't work that way though, does it? You know why? Because we know why. While it's true that our mouth can reveal our heart, and most often does, we also know a different phenomenon. We all know people who say one thing with their mouth, but they don't do it. They don't live it. You know what I'm talking about? No, 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 you got to believe me. No, I don't. You ever have people say that? No, no, you got to believe me. The very fact that you said that tells me I shouldn't be believing you, <laughs> right? There's also the reality: not only does our heart be, is it revealed through our mouth, but also we got to be careful because sometimes we can stay, say things that just are not true. Jesus now is is drilling down a little bit deeper. We can say things with our mouth, but not be sincere. Or we can say things with our mouth and be absolutely sincere at that moment, but then not follow through. I'm convinced that many people, when they make promises, are sincere at that moment. That they're going to do it. Right? I don't need your sincerity when you make the promise. Right? I need you to be sincere in fulfilling the promise. How has God any different when we think about it? So while teaching that day, Jesus calls these people on the carpet. These people who were following him and saying the right thing. They were calling him Lord, but he says, yeah, by the way, you're not doing what I say. Jesus, I think, today is going to call us on the carpet too, isn't he? We're saying the right stuff with our mouth. But there's another way to judge ourselves other than just by our words. They were saying the right thing, but they weren't doing it. What was coming out of their mouth, Jesus is Lord, was not matched by their actions. We need to learn to not trust our heart. Because our hearts can be deceitful, Jeremiah says. Who can even know them? I chuckle at people who judge others. Oh, I know what he was thinking. Really? How do you know what another person's thinking? You can suspect, you can have a hunch, but you're not God. How can you know another person's thoughts? How can you know what's in that person's mind? We don't even know what's in our own heart most of the time. What can we do? What's the whole point of this discussion that Jesus has been moving us toward? If we're going to judge ourselves, we've got to judge our relationship with Jesus. Is our relationship with Jesus simply based on words? Or is it based in reality on action? Because, you know, Valentine's Day was, what, yesterday? Have you forgotten already? Right? Valentine's Day means something when somebody means something to you. But if all you do is give them words, woo right? I get a card, right? Some flowers. Most people don't want the card. They want what the card represents. Most people don't want the flowers. They want what the flowers represent. Because if you don't give me love, you just give me a card, I begin to resent the card. If you give me flowers, but you don't give me love, I begin to resent the flowers. Because they're hypocrisy. You're saying one thing, but you and I both know that come tomorrow, everything's going to be right back to normal. Okay? Well, how many of us, are Valentine's Day with God, we come into church on Sunday morning, we oh God, I love you. And God's like, yeah, talk to me tomorrow. Let's see where we are. Right? We give God words on Sunday. Oh, Jesus is Lord. Yeah, that's great. Nothing wrong with giving Jesus worship on Sunday. But the real question is, what are you going to do tomorrow? The love that you're expressing for God today, how is that going to be reflected tomorrow? Tomorrow? Then we come to the final image that Jesus uses in chapter 6 to illustrate this point. The image that he uses there at the end of chapter 6 is actually an image of two different people. Both are followers of Jesus. Followers at least at some level. Both have heard what Jesus was teaching. But that's where the similarity ends. Though they both follow and hear what Jesus is teaching... One man actually puts into practice what Jesus was teaching. The other man just hears it and shakes his head. said, yeah, that's good. Both men call Jesus Lord, but only one man obeys Jesus as Lord. Jesus then compares the consequences of living this way. Now understand, consequences we often use are just in the negative sense. But there are actually good consequences. Did you know that? And Jesus said, either way, either calling me Lord and being obedient to me or just calling me Lord and not being obedient, both of those have consequences. Now what are they? Look at verse 48. The guy who hears Jesus' words and obeys them, in verse 48, is like the man who digs down deep and lays the foundation for his house. Putting the words of Jesus into practice, that's compared to having a good foundation for our house. When you build a house, right? You're going to tell your friend, Yeah, I'm going to build a house. Your friends ever looked at you, Were you thinking about putting the foundation in? Yeah, we thought we'd spring for the foundation, you know. We're going to go all out on this. That's a given. That when you put a house in, you're going to put a foundation in. Why? Because foundations are kind of important. Why build a house? Why put all that work into it if the foundation isn't right? What's a foundation good for? Look at the second part of verse 48. When the storm comes, when the flood comes, the the torrent, that rain struck the house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. When the storm comes, the house can withstand the storm. If the foundation is good. But if the foundation is not built on a rock, the house is in jeopardy. Now the people hearing Jesus that day would have to be thinking the same thing when he was teaching about the trees. Jesus said, you can know a tree by its fruit. And the guy nudges the next one, write this down, this is good stuff, I'm telling you. You know a tree by its fruit. And then Jesus comes along and says, when you build a house, you put in a good foundation. Another guy, write that down, this is good stuff here. right? They're thinking to themselves, is this guy going to ever tell us anything that we can use? Not one person there that day was thinking you can't tell a tree by its fruit. Everybody knows that. Not one person there that day thought, you know, maybe you can build a house and and not put a foundation in, save yourself some good money. Nobody thought that. In that culture, in that day, in that area of the world, it's very dry. They have two rainy seasons, in the spring and in the fall. They depend on that rainy season. But what happens is, when that rainy season comes, it often comes very quickly... And the ground, because it's so dry, because the ground is so hard, what happens? The water can't soak into the ground fast enough. And it will actually flow on the surface like a river. And that that water just becomes a wall. And if you don't have a good foundation, it can just knock the house down. Ever see floods when all this snow melts? Every year we see this, don't we? When all this stuff melts, the ground can't take all that water that quickly. And it just begins to to start flowing and knocking everything in its way out of the way. That's why a good foundation is important. Jesus, though, is not talking about houses. You understand that. He's talking about our lives. We can either have a good foundation for our life or we can build our life without a foundation. We can do it. We can dig down deep. We can lay a solid foundation so that we can withstand the storms of life or we can try to do it on the quick, try to do it on the cheap and build our house without having a good foundation. That's why Jesus compares these two people, a wise man and a foolish man. The wise man, remember the song as children? The wise man built his house upon the rock. House, right? I shouldn't sing, should I? The foolish man, though, builds his house without the foundation. He builds it on the sand, just right on the ground. And then when the storm comes, he just washes it away. Verse 49 says the destruction will be complete. If we're going to spend time building a house, we ought to do it right. How many of us though, if we were to build a literal house, would do it better than we're building our literal lives? Come on. We would not build a house without a foundation. We'd say, that's stupid. But then we will build our life Without a foundation. Now ask yourself. Which is more stupid? Which is worse? To build a house without a foundation? Or to build a life without a foundation? And what does Jesus say? What's the foundation? It's putting Jesus' words into practice. Both men hear the words of Jesus. The only difference is one hears it. And doesn't do it. The other one hears it. And doesn't. If you don't obey Jesus. If you just hear him. If you just shake your head and say. Yep that, that's, that's right. That's right. But if you don't do it. It's building your life. Without a foundation. Now let's stop and look at your life. Remember we said. We we're going to judge ourselves today. How many of you can recognize this morning. How the storms of life have been coming against you and knocking it down. And you can see how this is playing out in your life. You'll see people that have total destruction, they just hit rock bottom, and then they start rebuilding their house little bit by little bit, right? Only to have the thing come crashing down again. Why? Because they didn't change the foundation. They just continue to rebuild again and again and again on the same ground instead of having a foundation. They didn't dig down deep. And that's why being obedient to Jesus is so important. This is not optional. This is not something, well, you know, you can have a good life without it. No, if you want to have a solid foundation where your life will be stable and can withstand the storms of life, then you need to do more than just listen to Jesus. And this is where I encourage people, when you come to church, and you have that moment. You know what I'm talking about. You have that moment when I'm preaching and you're like, Yep, yeah, that. I'm not doing that. I need to do that. You know what I'm saying? And there, it's unmistakable. You hear the voice of God saying, Yep, I need to do something about that. And then we walk out and we don't do anything about it. Jesus said, You know what, guys? That's stupid. That's stupid to hear the word of God, look at Jesus and say, Oh, you're Lord. You you got the right words. But then walk out and not do it. That's just saying the right thing with your mouth, but not living it. Do we actually think that God is okay with us just saying it without being obedient to it? Right? It's like paying lots of money To get really complicated and complex plans for a house. And then not using them. All those first pages on the foundation, just skip that stuff. Let's get right to just building it. Right? You have somebody come back to you and say, really? You paid all this money for these blueprints and then you just skipped over laying the foundation and putting the basement in? Well, yeah, I didn't want to spend the time. I didn't want to get right into building this thing. You say, you're an idiot. And yet how many of us come week after week and we say, God, give me the blueprint for a successful life. So we can go out and ignore it. What's the point of praying for God to give us direction, for God to reveal His will, for God to show us what His Word means if we're just going to ignore it? Do you really think that's going to help you in your life? Jesus said, that's crazy. That's foolishly living life without a foundation. Now quickly, did you know in that area of the world, because it's so dry for large portions of the year, If you build your house on the ground without a foundation, it's fine. As long as it's dry. Because the ground is so hard there. You build your house on that, it's fine. Until it rains. Look at your life today. How many of you are living in a dry spell where the ground is hard and you think you're doing fine? And you're secretly praying, God, don't let it rain, don't let it rain, don't let it rain. This house is coming down, right? We know that our house does not have the stability because it doesn't have the foundation and we're just praying to God it won't rain. Forgetting the fact that in that part of the world it rains two times a year. Spring and fall. It's just a matter of time. Guys, it's kind of like Michigan. How many of you are really shocked by the snow and the cold? You know, in February. Yeah, didn't see that one coming. (laughs) It's Michigan! Come on! It happens! Well, the same thing is true with the storms of life. You may not have had it yet, but it's coming. And if your house is not built with a solid foundation, you're going to be in trouble. And you may be able to get through this life. You may be able to get through this life hook or crook and think you got through it okay. But eventually we are all going to stand before the storm of God's judgment. And the question is, will your house be able to stand that? And that's why these words of Jesus are such a serious warning for us because we have lulled ourselves into... This complacency of thinking that as long as we know the truth, as long as we can quote lots of Jesus to people, that we're good to go. You want to judge your life? Don't judge by what you know, Jesus says. Judge by what you do. And I'm telling you, the best way to do that is see how you act when somebody mistreats you. See how you act when somebody says something, when they lie about you, when they say something mean to you. How do you respond? Right? We convince them, "Oh, I'm doing fine, I'm doing fine," and then somebody boom and why we pop them right back. Somebody pops off and says something to us, we pop off and say something even worse. Yeah, you got some bring it. Let's go. We are so worldly in how we act. But then we put on our little pious face and act so Christian. Jesus said, that won't cut it. All you have there is a faith of words. Jesus said, the wise man is the guy who hears me and does more than just acknowledge its good words. He puts them into practice. Now look at your life. Look at your life this past week. What can you see about your relationship with Christ? What can you see about your foundation by the way that you've been living? Well, but I go to church. Yay, great. Look at all these people who were calling Jesus Lord. They were following Him around, listening to His teaching, but they weren't doing it. Calling Jesus Lord means something when you act like He's your Lord, when you obey Him like He's your Lord. Look at your life. Are you obeying Jesus as Lord or just a good teacher that we can listen to or not listen to however we want? Let's pray. Father God, we're thankful this morning for the wake-up calls that you give us because it's so easy for us to fall asleep while thinking we're doing just fine. And God, help us to begin to judge ourselves more to not keep giving ourselves a free pass when we screw up, but to begin to ask ourselves, why am I not being more obedient to Christ? Why am I not listening to his words and putting them into practice? Why do I just nod my head in agreement while I continue to live my life by my own rules? And God help us to see that the difference between obedience to Jesus and disobedience is the difference between having a foundation or not. And God, give us a desire to want that foundation, and to want it so badly that we're willing to be obedient to build it. God, I pray for that person here who's been rebuilding his house again and again and again, just watching it fall down every time a storm comes along. God, I pray that you'd help that person make a commitment to doing it different this time. This time I'm not going to just say I agree with Jesus. I'm going to agree with Him by being obedient. Bless us this week as we live out this truth so we can help other people know how to make Jesus their Lord, not just in word, but in action. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.